As a business owner, you work hard to provide employment for your team and you try to do the right thing by them. So it makes you angry when you know that they've been complaining about their job or the pay or the conditions or you as a boss behind your back, especially when they aren't perfect themselves. Tune into this week's podcast where we talk through why this situation happens and how you can deal with it effectively. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we'll help you turn your business into a money-making machine. We know you're busy, so we'll make it worth your time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, time is money, and we're here to help you make more of both. So hit the follow button, and let's get started. To the podcast. G'day, everyone. Tony Fraser-Jones here, host of the Profitable Tradie Podcast, uh, tuning in today with Phil Smith. How are you doing, Phil? I am always good. I love that bet you, mate. Just a little ray of sunshine <laughs> oh, there. You know what I should start? I should start doing the Zig Ziglar one. I'm better than good. Yeah. Oh, How good yeah. is good? Better yeah. than good. Better than good. Okay, this is going to be a good topic today. Yeah. What are, we, what, are we, what are we getting into? We are talking about employees being ungrateful for what you've done for them, <laughs> which is a juicy one, right? I mean, people complain, right? Uh, it's often going to be behind your back, uh, and you might hear things through a back channel. Uh, and honestly, you feel outraged, right? Like it's never nice hearing stuff uh, about yourself or that, that people are unhappy with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, how could they after all we've done for them? I mean, you've done stuff for your staff. I know it. If you're listening to this, you're the type of person which is probably doing really well by your staff. Um, you know, you might have given them, A, a job, which is <laughs> a given. They should be uh, grateful. They should be grateful. But on top of that, you know, you probably give them good pay. You do beers, you do barbecues, you do pizzas. You know, you let them use the work vehicle for personal use. You know, you might even turn a little blind eye to uh, the odd cashy that they do on the weekend with your materials. But hey, look, hopefully you don't. My point is, is you probably bend over backwards for you guys and your girls. Uh, and you probably do everything right by them. And when you hear bad stuff back, it's just it's just heartbreaking. It is. And you might hear this stuff. Maybe someone gives you some feedback or you, you catch something. Uh, and as an employer and a business owner, basically you want to go out there and smash them in the face and tell them to stop being so ungrateful and uh, have it out with them. That's the natural human reaction. Yep. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, some people do do that, which... Uh, is not recommended. No, it does tend to make things worse. That's right. And, and if you do do that, it will make things worse because uh, nobody is their best self when they are angry. No, that's right. And unfortunately, we all get angry and we all say things and do things that uh, we reflect on later and think, you know what, I wish I didn't do that. So yeah, I'm pretty I'd... sure everyone listening has probably sat in this seat at least once. Yes, a good, a good rule is when you want to send an angry email or make an angry phone call, I go for a walk for 10 minutes around the block. Send it to yourself and don't forward it for at least a week. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and by that, I mean never. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one who used to write a letter to himself and he'd send it in the mail and he could only actually send it to the real person once he'd received I it? I don't re- recall that. Oh, I can't remember what book it's from. Anyway, it's good. point is, is by the time snail mail arrives, you've definitely yeah, calmed, you've calmed down. down. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, how do we deal with this? I'm sure you have a story. I do. And this is taken right from our, uh, our members group. Uh, yep. We have a Facebook group just for our members, uh, and I'm not going to mention the person's name, but they posted this in the group, and uh, word for word, this is what the post said. Advice, please. We've been tipped off by a staff member that a chat has taken place in the staff room that compares what we pay our staff and what we charge them out at. That we as a business, we're milking it for all we can get, and yep. essentially that we're ripping clients off and our staff. This included our two IC who agreed and just continued the conversation. Pretty disappointing. That's right. 
Last year, we turned over over a million dollars and we walked away with a $45,000 loss. I must say that's before they started working yeah, with it us. It is before they started uh, working And with us. a big bulk of that was due to staff inefficiency, uh, which we've coached and we've worked on. To say I am effed off is an understatement. Yep. Uh, we've just allowed two of them to borrow a work vehicle for the weekend, each as their vehicles were out of action. Just uh, taken them for a hit to the driving range and we're about to give our staff and partners a dinner paid by the business and the 2AC got to use the workshop in the weekend to make his own gates for his house. All of them have had a pay rise in the last couple of months. I am fuming. Oh yeah. How would you deal with this situation? Well, to say that the thread went <coughs> off is an understatement. There's like oh, about yeah. 30 or 40 comments uh, and I think this is an important topic because lots of people have been in this situation. Well, I think the first thing is there were 30 or 40 comments, uh, firstly because people had some some good tips and feedback, which I yep. think is something I really love about our group is, you know, like everyone's always willing to chip very in and positive. help out. Very positive. The other thing um, that, you know, led to 30 or 40 comments was there was 30 or 40 people who uh, had been in this boat before. You know, it's not an, it's not an abnormal thing to happen. Uh, you know, people complain. Uh, you like we said earlier, you bend over backwards. You do everything for your staff, and you be a, a real awesome employer. And you know you still get complaints. It happens, uh, or you know conversations that you know you're not too happy to hear. Uh, and I think it's you know if that's happened to you, uh, you're not alone. Uh, but also there are some really good ways to deal with this, which we'll dig into today. And I think the point is if we don't have a way to deal with these situations, we'll run into some real problems, right? Yeah. Well, the first thing is you tend to lash out. Uh, in anger and you make the situation worse mm. uh, there's a little fire going on and instead of putting it out you come in and throw petrol on it and it blows up oh yeah uh, and that has the effect of confirming what your employees already thought yep that you were unreasonable that you were grumpy and that you're a pain yep uh, it damages the culture you know conflict like that that's not managed well uh, is not good for the culture it breaks down trust rather than builds it up or if you do nothing uh, you stuff it down deep and you smolder. Yeah. yeah that anger just smolders. Uh, and that's not good. Either way is, is not good. No, I mean, all of these types of behaviours, they're actually quite uh, self-indulgent. I think yeah. we all do them. Uh, but it's very short-term thinking, right? It's kind of like uh, being uh, cold out in the snow so you piss your pants to keep warm. Uh, eventually, that goes cold too and now you're covered in piss. That's right. Yeah, which is not ideal. So it works, in, it works better in a wetsuit, just quietly, when you're out in the ocean. But <laughs> I've never it's done that. eventually, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you've never done that. Anyone <laughs> who's been diving in a wetsuit knows Tony, what I Tony's mean. Also and if they don't, they're lying. Tony's also never done an aqua turd, but anyway, we are uh, we digress. So on the other hand, if we have, that's just weird. It is actually not that weird. But anyway, if we uh, if we move on. Uh, you know, if we do have a way to deal with these ungrateful employees, uh, we actually can have some really big upsides. Yeah, and it's interesting we label them as ungrateful employees, but we'll get onto that in a minute. You, yeah. You'll stay calm. You'll take positive steps that actually improve the situation. You'll end up using this situation as a way to build culture, yep. better team culture. Uh, you're going to actually end up with a, a more educated, motivated, and committed workforce when, when you follow the process we're going to talk through today. And life and business are just going to be much, much better for you because there'll be less stress and everyone will be pulling in the same direction. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, massive. So, I mean, we have some huge upsides here, and I think uh, let's just jump right into how to actually deal with this. Yeah, well, you've alluded to it, uh, Phil. The first thing is that any employer ever has felt this way. Yeah. It is normal. It is to be expected. It will happen. It happens to even the best employers yeah. and employees. Big time. And that's because we see the world differently and the fact we're just human beings. Yeah. Um, so it's going to happen. 
Uh, if you haven't experienced it, then just get ready because you will. It'll happen. 100%. And I think the big thing is it's just the same uh, in a lot of situations in life. It's just like with your kids, you know I mean? Like, sure, anyone who has children has uh, had moments where you're like, man, the kids are so ungrateful. <laughs> Don't they see everything I'm doing for them? Uh, and, you know, anything that applies to parenting, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, it applies to employees. If you take a great parenting book, remove the word child and insert the word employee, it still makes perfect sense and it's uh, actually becomes a really great business book. So... Uh, I think the big thing is if you haven't experienced it in your business yet, you may have experienced it with your children and it's all actually the same thing with the same, uh, you know, same perspective that we can take from it. So We're not saying employees are children. Not at all. Absolutely not. But well, what I am saying is there are major similarities with how to deal with relationships. Um, yep. And so the big thing here is the relationship between a child and a parent is actually very similar to the relationship between an employee and an employer even though it would be kind of pejorative to say that employees like kids. That's it's a not, nice word, pejorative. I like oh, that. But and again, the thing is that is not what we're saying here. What we're saying is that the dynamics in these relationships have so many parallels yep. um, that, you know, if you've ever done any work on yourself as a parent, you find you apply those same techniques and things that you learn. If you apply them in your workplace as an employer, uh, man, it's magic. It really works well. Yeah. So I just want to go back to the pejorative. <laughs> you stuck your word on the day. That's a good word. Absolutely not. I don't think I've said that in about a year. So uh, maybe I should uh, have a resurgence. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, here's the first, the first most important thing to do when you find this is when you find out about it, take a few deep breaths and calm down. Oh yeah. So nothing good comes from dealing with an issue when you're angry. Yep. Uh, and so you've got to take some time to chill out and let the uh, the red mist disappear. We all get the red mist from time to time. Definitely. Uh, and uh, here's the thing. When you are angry, you do not think straight. You are a, a, a stupider version of yourself because your whole brain is hijacked by your nervous system Yep. and it's that fight or flight response and you just want to punch someone. Yeah, and you do silly things. You do silly things and you can't control your words and it makes the situation worse. So you have to be the bigger person, take a few deep breaths, even a day, whatever it is, just so you can get thinking straight on things. Well, we have a saying here in the office, right, where uh, somebody does something silly and we say, why don't you take a walk around the block and come back as a better version of yourself? Um, the thing is, is sometimes you need to actually say that to yourself, right? Like, you know, you react, you're seeing something that makes you angry, and what you really need to do is actually just have a nice walk around the block and come back as a better version of yourself, because you will. Like, just giving yourself some space, some time, some fresh air, you know, brisk walk, bit of exercise, get the blood flowing, and just, like, clear your head, you will come back as a better version of yourself, and you will deal with this much better. And you do want to deal with this in a way that you've planned out as well. And maybe that requires you, maybe have you talk to someone about it or spouse or someone, just so you can sound off about to sort of go through it. Even you might sound off and let off some of the angry energy to someone else just to lance the boil, yeah, uh, as it were. So that's important. Next thing is remember, it is natural for people to complain. Oh, Everybody yeah. does it, especially about work. That's right. And or, or you, yeah, how yeah. are you? You oh. ask someone, how are you? Oh, I'm busy. Yeah, everyone says it's like it's like this rite of passage just to talk, yeah, you know, complain about what's going on. So people do that. Yeah, well, I saw a, I saw I saw a meme the other day actually, and it was like adulting is basically just uh, asking each other how busy you are, saying you're way too busy, and then carrying on with your life uh, over and over again for years. Pretty um, much. So I, th I think you know as a social norm. But on top of that, I mean, like honestly, everyone's been guilty of it. I'm sure that everybody listening to this has complained about a workplace you've been in. Maybe you've got your own business now, but once upon a time you're an employee, and I'm sure you complained. 
I'm sure in the best job you ever had, you complained. Uh, and it probably wasn't even that you felt that negatively about it. It's just people complain. It's what they do. Yeah. And I bet as an employer, you've complained about your employees. Oh, yeah. Even the best ones. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the nature of things. So that's the first thing. It's pretty normal to be expected. Yeah, and I think the big thing is uh, it's going to come from one of two places, either because it's normal and it's just what people do and there's probably not anything behind yep. it, or because something is behind it. Now, yep. if there is actually something to the complaint, it's probably because the employee doing the complaining doesn't have all the info that you do and they don't have the same perspective as you do. They have a different perspective. And it's really important to understand this because when you can understand their perspective, people go from being ungrateful to just seeing it a different way. And I think that's crucial so to, that, to that go is the this. nub of the issue right there. It is a matter of perspective. Your employees will not know the things you know. They won't have walked in your shoes. Uh, you know, they say, don't judge another person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Well, it's mm. the same thing. That's right. Uh, and you won't understand their situation, most probably, because it's a while since you're an employee. That's right. So you don't get it. So this is the key thing. Rather than ungratefulness, reframe it as, hey, there's a different perspective here. Yeah, we're seeing this differently. Differently. Uh, and so here's uh, what not to do. Yeah. And then you can talk about what to do. <laughs> Let's Don't do that. just go and tell them why they're ungrateful and why you've done all the stuff for them and how much it costs you to run the business. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. No. Because that's just justifying the position and it's like two forces meeting, butting heads, and it's going to make it worse. Yeah. There's a different way to do it. Yeah, so what the way to do it is firstly to ask yourself what is their perspective. I think that's the really important thing. If you want to bring somebody around to your way of looking at something, it's crucial that you first seek to understand their position. So seek to understand before you seek being understood. It's just absolutely crucial. Um, and then the next thing is to understand their motivations in this in this environment. Like there's no point in, in just slamming your perspective down their throat. You need to find a way to show them your perspective in a way that they will see as beneficial to their perspective. Now, I know that sounds complicated, but it's actually quite easy to do. If we think about with a trades business, for example, there is a pretty common life cycle of a trader. You know, you're an apprentice, you become a qualified tradesperson, you work your way up to being an experienced tradesperson, maybe a supervisor or a project manager into an ops manager, and eventually, um, you know, you want to own your own business. It's, it's a pretty natural progression. Most tradespeople uh, do think about going into business for themselves. And so whenever you want to show somebody the perspective you have as a business owner, if you do that by the manner of teaching them what's going to be required when they one day want to own their own business, then you're doing something that's beneficial to them, that they're going to be really grateful for. Uh, and the byproduct is that they'll help, it'll help them see your perspective and actually care about it. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to that, but it's something that I think we could unpack. Yeah, it's a marketing and a sales exercise. Uh, and when you're marketing for clients, you need to show them what's in it for them. Yeah. And so when you're trying to market a new idea and sell a new idea to your team, you've got to show, you know, what's in it for them. Yeah. And for them, it's like helping them understand what it's like and what's required to be a successful business owner when the time comes for them. Mm. Uh, and so that's how you frame the discussion, because the a, 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 in the case of the the case study we talked about here, the issue was, and often is honestly in these situations, is yeah. Hey, man. They pay me thirty-five bucks an hour. They're charging me out at a hundred bucks an hour. They're killing it. Yeah. Like this, this sucks. This is not fair. Like I'm not feeling valued. I'm being used for I'm, their profit. For their profit, and yep. they're taking advantage. Uh, yep. Why are they being so stingy or mean with the money? 
And after you stay calm. Yeah, <laughs> after you stay calm. Big caveat there, yeah, guys. Stay after calm, you stay calm. Uh, there's a great opportunity to help them understand the mechanics and the financials of running a business. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's what we could do. We could take some time to actually do that. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of ways, a couple of things I think you could do. Number one is uh, help them understand so that when they set up their business, they get it right. Mm. What are the actual overheads of running a business? Mm. Uh, look, they may not understand how much the lease costs, how much the vehicles cost, how much repairs and maintenance costs, how much fuel costs, how much accounting costs, how much marketing costs, how much health and safety costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, they probably have no idea about that. No. Uh, and when they see that you're paying fifty, eighty thousand dollars a month in overheads, depending on your business, if you've got a big business, it'll be hundreds of thousands of dollars in overheads. Yeah. What you can do is a really nifty calculation called the break-even analysis. Yep. Which shows you and your team, helps mm. them understand what actual revenue you need to make to actually just break even. Yeah. And it's a really simple calculation. You just take your overheads and you divide it by your gross profit margin. Yeah. Uh, and that'll give you the um, the revenue that you need to hit. Yeah. And then other things you can show them along with that is, you know, if you're if you're being transparent with this stuff and you're going through the PL is also make sure firstly that you know your off PL expenses. <laughs> but secondly, you know, you can show them that as well. So you're like, even once we break even on our overheads, uh, there's still these these loan repayments for those vans. There's still this uh, repayment to the, you know, to the ATO or the IRD or IRS tax departments and stuff from this previous debt that I had. You know, there's all of these things that might still be coming off even after you technically break even. You still haven't actually broken even. So get really clear on exactly where that number is and show it to them. There's, you know, there's nothing to be lost there. There's actually a lot of learning that will really benefit them in their life and their business journey um, and give them the perspective of, wow, you know what, I, I never saw it that way and I didn't realise uh, where all this money goes. Yeah, tax is another thing. You know, if you make $200,000 in tax in your company, yeah. they might think, uh, in profit, profit, they'd be like, wow, you got two hundred grand, but actually, like, you don't. You know, <laughs> Absolutely a large not. chunk of that has to go straight to the government to yeah. pay for the privilege of using services. Yep. And so they may not understand that. And not. that helps them understand, well, wow, this is not quite what I thought it was. Actually, I can see why we need to price well in our business to actually make money. And when I go out in business, I'm going to actually price properly and not lowball people, which will create a whole massive problem, which is in the industry already when people yep. go out on their That's own. That's right. That's right. Not to mention you can show them other dynamics like, hey, look, I've got a you know, $200,000 profit. That's amazing. And they go, wow, that's awesome. And you go, yeah, except $80,000 of that is an outstanding accounts receivable being disputed and we may never see it. So the, the number looks really sexy here on the profit and loss. But if you look to the balance sheet and you look to our outstanding receivables and the likelihood of getting some of that, it's like just because it's there in the profit column doesn't mean I have the money either which is you know, another important consideration. But these are all things that, of course, they don't occur to staff, um, you know, to employees. They, they're not familiar with it. How would they be? I mean, honestly, most business owners are just coming to grips with this kind of stuff. It's, it's stuff that no one teaches you, and so you can't expect them to have a perspective that they can't have gained. You know what I mean? Another it's, big it's thing crucial. is understanding the real cost of labour. This is huge. Now, um, you, know, you you pay someone $35 an hour and they think that's what it costs your business to employ them, but it's completely <laughs> yeah. different. Uh, and if yeah. you think, and we've done a whole episode on the real cost of labour, you should go back and check that out because it's it's very, very uh, insightful and sobering as a business owner. 
Yeah. Let's say there's 2,080 hours a year. That's 52 weeks at 40 hours. Mm. Well, you can't charge all that out. You all can little. charge out, you know, let's let's say it's probably about 1,640 hours. Yeah, realistically. Realistically. When and we look what, at downtime, holidays, you know, vacations, we look at like sick days, we look at, you know, courses, we look at everything. Honestly, like there's no way you're getting the 2080. Yeah, you there's get 1,640 a, is There's a lot of time that um, you can't charge out. So that $35 an hour is not $35 an hour because you've got to try and recoup that over like two-thirds of the hours that you actually pay them for. That's right. Uh, which is a killer. Yep. Not to mention if you actually added the overheads of running the business onto that, you yeah. know, which you've got to recoup through selling time, mm. someone who's paid 35 or $40 an hour, depending on your structure, actually costs you sort of 90 to to $100 an hour yep. in actual real costs yeah and uh your team is not going to understand that and uh when you you know when you train them and help them understand how to run a business and they see that you will see the light bulbs go on and they'll be like wow i never understood yeah that's right i didn't even know that was a thing that's right and again it's like we talked about like if if your angle here when you're showing it to them is Hey, you know, I know one day you might want to run your own business. So I just want to show you some of the stuff involved so you can avoid avoid some of the pitfalls that I that I had. You know, avoid the skin, knees, the bumps, the bruises, because uh, I want the best for you. And then you can show them things like this and just, you know, obviously, so, hey, when you're pricing your work, just make sure that you take into consideration real cost of labor here. Um, and even though you're doing this from one angle, they can't help but then have that light bulb moment where they start, start to see your perspective and they go, oh man, is, is that why we charge X, Y, Z? And you'll say, yeah, that, that's it. That's where the money goes. Like there's actually not so much money as you thought in there. And they go, wow, you know, I never saw it that way. Um, and so you get the double benefit. You can, you can benefit the, the team, you know, and develop them and, and set them up for success later in life because you won't keep everybody. Like a lot of them are going to do this. Um, there's a second benefit here where they feel you know, indebted to you for having helped them and shown them all of this stuff and they have the skills so they don't go out and undercut you because they realise that's a bad idea for them. So, you know, you actually strengthen the industry. And then the third benefit is they become a much better employee now because they see your perspective, they understand where you're coming from and so the gripes will, will stop. Well, there's a fourth benefit. Oh, mm -hmm. I, I love a hidden benefit. A hidden benefit is uh, they're more likely to stay with you for longer because they actually realise how hard it is to run their own business now because... But, well, we all do, let's be honest. We grossly underestimate the challenge of running a business when we get into it. We're like, this is going to be all beer and Skittles. Yeah. And we don't understand. So that that's another benefit. And they stay with you as well because of the uh, amazing benefit that you're providing to them yeah. of teaching them all the stuff they would never learn anywhere else and they want to stay for that. So actually, like, man, the transparency here is, is, is massive. massive. It's like a Trojan horse, isn't it? A wee bit. A wee bit. I love a good Trojan horse. You do. I, yeah. I reckon you'd be more of a Trojan donkey. But anyway, uh, we, we digress. You'd be a Trojan mule. Well, I don't mind being a mule. Mule looks uh, a bit cooler than a donkey. I don't know about that. Oh, well, anyway. We'll, we'll figure that out later. I'd be a Trojan stallion. But anyway, let's we move should, on. We should ask ChatGPT, what would win in a fight, a mule or a donkey? <sighs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, next thing that I think really helps in this situation is like uh, being proactive helps here. Like uh, you, you want to create a culture and an environment where people can come and talk to you about their frustrations. Because uh, if they're bitching about it behind your back, I mean, that might happen a little bit, but you want to stop that as much as possible by creating an environment where they trust you, they know you, they like you, and they can bring this stuff forward themselves. Because there will be times when you've missed stuff, and there will be times perhaps where you probably needed to do better. 
Yeah. And you just, as a business owner, it's hard to be across all of that. So, and this is cultural. Cultural. It's something yeah. where if you want that to be part of your culture and that's the way that we do things, you have to yeah. reinforce it. So, when someone does come to you with something, don't shoot them down. Yeah. You know, hear them out, understand, you know, seek to understand, seek to understand their perspective, you know, work on it together, like solve the problem and, and, uh, and you know, be collaborative. And if you do that, then that reinforces to them that, hey, I, you know, if I come to the boss with questions or queries or problems or gripes, uh, I don't get shut down, I get taken seriously. And so they keep doing it, which is which is hugely beneficial. Yeah, and to help set this culture, clear expectations go a long way. Massive. So, you know, an expectation might be set of when the salary reviews happen. They happen every six months or they happen once a year. Yep. Uh, there might be what's required to get a raise. Yeah. So what skills do you need to generate? What uh, experience do you need to have? What jobs do you need to be able to do? to get a raise and so that might be set down and we've got members who do this they have a, a sheet mm. listed what are all the pay rates when you achieve certain milestones yep. uh, it might be what's your policy on vehicle use Yeah. so there's no confusion or using the workshop or using tools outside of work hours that's that's really important Yeah. and regular communication helps massively here mm. uh, so uh, you don't want the, the gossip and the behind the scenes communication uh, so this is things like, well, how often do you do a performance review with your team? Every six months is a great idea. Mm. Do you have team alignment days where you get the whole team together and you share information and you get everyone on the same page? You talk about the values and the rules of the game uh, to help make sure everyone's heading in the right direction. Mm. Do you do 20s? So 20s are a massive, uh, massively powerful tool. It's just a 20-minute coaching session that's held regularly with your team by their supervisor and just ask them about what wins have they had, and what are they working, what challenges they had, and, and anything that you can help them with or feedback you can give them about their performance or their KPIs. Pretty informal, builds a really good environment for communication and trust. Yeah, totally. Uh, team meetings, regular team meetings. Uh, these are all situations where you can start to uncover dissatisfaction or frustrations that the team have. But moreover, you're providing a platform and a, and a forum uh, for them to actually you know, ask questions before they become gripes. And I think this is this is really important. Is if I don't have a place to question, then I start to question... Uh, my place. Yeah, my place. But And not only that, but you know, instead of asking the boss a question because I don't have the chance, instead I'm going to ask that question in the form of um, bitching, basically, uh, to yeah. other team members. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, not only does it provide a forum, but if you do those things and you do them regularly and you honour them and you stick to them, it tells your employees that you're actually trustworthy and that you care. Yeah, which is which is the other side of that coin. That's right, that's right. Uh, so we, obviously we got to deal with the big things pretty quick here as well. I think if something does come up, um, we got to do something about it. Well, we do. Uh, that's important to address the issues that come up if there is an issue, and there might be. But you got to also deal with the the bad apples really quickly as well. Mm. So there may be people in your business who are just malcontents. They're just grumpy sods. Uh, who are very difficult to help and to love sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there are people like that. And they their behavior, that gossip, is it is anti-values. Yep. And you have to call that. So you have to do something about those people because if you don't, they will rot the proverbial barrel. Yeah. Because gossip and you know, misery loves company, doesn't it? Oh, and definitely. So uh, you've got to deal with those people. And the way to call them out is, you know, this is actually anti-values. This is not the way we roll here. Yeah. Uh, and most often anyway, those people are poor performers anyway. Yeah, and look, sometimes like uh, you know, we, we fear calling them out because we know it's going to be a drama. But the reality is, is if you can call it out quickly before the rot sets in, um, that's actually how these people can lift themselves out of the hole. You know, like you know, a lot of the time these people have this bad attitude because they're in a hole themselves. 
Uh, and so if you can call that out and have a conversation about it, you might be able to help them, you know, with however they're feeling or give them some different perspective or, you know, whatever, whatever they need at the time. And they can get out of that hole before they get too deep, which is actually doing the best thing for that person, uh, not just for the business. So it's, it, you know, it's really the kindest thing you can do. Yeah. And, and the, the sort of last thing I, I think is important here is that doing more for people isn't always the answer here. You know, if they are complaining, you think that you don't have to just do more. You don't have to do more beers and more barbecues and more team days and, and yada, yada, yada. You don't have to do that. Mm. It's about making sure they have the right context. They actually understand uh, why the things are the way they are in the business. And that's, you know, sharing them the information about this is what it's required to run a successful business. And this is the numbers that are important in the business. Mm. Uh, and so creating the great culture, having the environment where they can share information and have communication, but also providing the right context. This is how it rolls. So they actually understand, uh, not from a position of wanting to punish them and saying, hey, don't be so ungrateful. Don't you understand how hard it is for me? Because that's not what's in it for them. Yeah, it's not going to work. Do it from the way, as you said, of this is what it takes to run a great business. And when the time comes for you to do it, this is what you need to understand. Mm. That makes a huge difference. And that also builds a great culture anyway. Great culture. Yeah, definitely. So should we land this plane? Let's do it. Next time you find yourself angry about ungrateful employees, remember to take a deep breath oh, yeah. and help them understand the big picture from a business perspective in a way that's going to support them to grow as a professional. Now, the end result will be better team culture, better staff, and a way better experience for you as a business owner. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Trady Podcast.